The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Episode 63, Ham Radio 360 Podcast. So you say you want to become an amateur radio operator. What's next? And we have some Ham Radio 360 history reviews coming up. MTCRadio.com presents Ham Radio 360, the podcast, with your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Welcome in to Ham Radio 360 podcast. Thank you, friend, for coming by and checking us out. Maybe this is your first time. You've never been here before. Welcome. Welcome in. We have a lot of fun. We do a weekly podcast here. One week we do the Ham Radio 360 podcast. The following week we do the Workbench podcast. And we hope you enjoy both of those and you tell all of your friends and and you're getting something from it more than just telling somebody. We really hope you're enjoying the programs and learning and being educated and entertained at the same time. We call it edutainment. My name is Kale. Again, my call is K4CDN. I'm in the upstate of South Carolina. If you've never been here before, you probably already kind of knew that I was from somewhere around the deep south with the accent. And I'll promise if you... uh, if you need to, you can slow it down to make it make a little more sense for you with your podcast player. Hey, uh, speaking of podcast player, this show's a little different than what we normally do. And if this is your first time, this isn't going to be a normal show. Uh, this show is uh, Kale, and we're going to talk about the history of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how things became what they've become. So it's a little interesting, a little history, a little uh, touch on something you may not have been aware of, or maybe you haven't gotten back that far in our back catalog yet. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But first, I want to tell you that if you're looking for something for ham radio, you need a radio, you need an antenna, replacement microphone. I don't know. It could be anything regarding the hobby. You need to visit with my friends down at Maine Trading Company in Paris, Texas. MTCRadio.com is one of the number one ICOM dealers in the United States of America. They've become one of the largest dealers not by having huge websites and multiple store locations. They've earned it. And not that others haven't, but they put into your sale some of the finest customer service that you've ever experienced. So if you have any gear needs, ICOM gear needs, they can take care of you. The ICOM IC7300, one of the, if not the hottest selling radio right now in these United States of America. Visit my friends at mtcradio.com. Get the best deal. Call them. Tell them you heard about them here on hamradio360.com podcast. Let them know that Kale said that they would give you the best deal available. And let Richard do his magic. He's a king of trades, used gear, new gear. They've got it all. Visit mtcradio.com today. I'm not sure about you, but if you're a licensed amateur radio operator, you probably get asked a lot, why amateur radio? Why ham radio? What does ham radio mean? Ham radio is not capital H, capital A, capital M. It's not an acronym. It's just a nickname for the hobby of amateur radio. And Well, what is amateur radio? It's a communications hobby. In its most simplistic form, it doesn't have to be hard to describe here, folks. It's just a communications hobby. It's a hobby for people who like to communicate. And we do that primarily with radios, whether it be computer-controlled radios, uh, hand-controlled radios, uh, internet-controlled radio, all different sorts of things. But it, it all comes back to communications through the medium of radio. 
And uh, a lot of the technology that people enjoy today has has been spawned from and birthed out of the amateur radio hobby, which is really cool. I mean, you look at your nephew who's got a cell phone that he can't put down even when he goes to bed. Uh, he doesn't realize that a lot of what he's doing on that phone actually came from someone in the amateur radio hobby. That's awesome. It is to me, at least. So when someone asks me, Kel, what is amateur radio? What is ham radio? Why ham radio? Well, I've always had uh, a desire to communicate with people. I've always enjoyed communicating with people via a radio. And I don't know why. I mean, not everybody's this way. I understand that. I mean, I, I know people who think, well, why would you pick up a radio when you could pick up a phone? And I'm not going to go down the emergency stuff there because it's not all about emergency stuff. It's just, I like radio. So when someone asks, what is amateur radio? It's a communications hobby. Well, then the next question is sometimes, how do you get into it? What's involved? Well, it's, it's really not as complicated as some people probably either think or try to make it. It's really pretty simple. And it's uh, it's, it's just a test. You take a test. Uh, it's a 35 question test that your local amateur radio body actually, um, gives you you can't take it on the internet you can't take it over your cell phone you you have to go and take the test live and in person with a local volunteering community of amateur radio operators who give the test who have been checked off the list by the fcc and the arrl which we'll talk about in a second uh to to actually give these tests to people in their local community. So you have to take a test. Well, uh, that freaks out a lot of people until they find out you can find all the answers to all the questions and all the questions too online and you can study for it many different ways. Uh, my favorite two ways to study would be the KB6NU Kilo Bravo 6 November Uniform No Nonsense Study Guides by Dan Romancic. Dan does a fantastic job. He's also one of the show sponsors and that's the, the reason why. His books are so great that uh, I wanted to have him a part of the show, which is really cool. I really like Dan. Dan does some great work. His books are awesome. He's got videos online. If you're interested in learning about ham radio, you need to check out the KB6NU No Nonsense Study Guides. And you can find them online at kb6nu.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. Matter of fact, everything we talk about will be in the show notes. So if you have questions after you've listened to the show or you want to follow along, hamradio360.com. There's your show notes. They're right there at the top. It's the latest show on the podcast. Uh, in addition to that, there's an electronic way that I prefer to study as well. There's a lot of free ones out there. I've used them a little bit, but not like I've used hamtestonline.com. Hamtestonline.com. It's an intuitive study guide. Okay, so as you're studying the material, it's questioning you, and it can tell what you know and what you don't know. And what you don't know, it brings it back up to the forefront more often than the stuff that you've already proven to it that you understand. I used it personally for my general class upgrade, and it worked great. So if you're looking to start studying for your amateur radio test, the KB6 and you no-nonsense study guides, along with hamtestonline.com, are two of my favorite uh, and it's they are my favorite, and it's what I recommend every single time. You ask me the question six months from now or two years ago, you'll get the same answers. KB6NU.com, the No Nonsense Study Guides, Ham Test Online. And they just work. That's why I'm sharing this with you. If you're interested in the hobby or you know someone who's interested, those are some things that you can recommend to help them get their license to get involved in amateur radio. Hi, Dan, KB6NU here. Whether you're studying for your tech license or looking to upgrade to general or extra, 
you should check out my no-nonsense amateur radio license study guides. Written in my easy-to-understand, no-nonsense style, they really are the easiest way to learn what you need to know to pass the test. And they are always up to date. The PDF version of the Technician Class Study Guide is free on my website at kb6nu.com podcast. And all my study guides are available in print, PDF, Kindle, and EPUB versions. Let me help you have more fun with ham radio. Go to kb6nu.com podcast and get started today. So you've been studying a while and you're trying to figure out, okay, so what am I going to do now? You know, what's next? I, I think I'm ready to take the test. How, uh, how do I take the test or how do I find out about a test? Simple, very easy folks here. And again, this will be in the show notes. You visit the ARRL.org. Okay. ARRL.org. Alpha Romeo Romeo Lima.org. That's the American Radio Relay League. They are a advocacy group for amateur radio and the hobby here in the United States of America. All right, you visit their website and you find their local club finder and your local test finder. Just a simple thing. You put your zip code in and you're there. We'll have links for you, promise. It'll be in the show notes. You put your zip code in, your city, your state, and it'll give you all the different places that offer the test. You go take the test. Really simple. It's cost you at the most fifteen dollars. Some some groups do it for free. It's a, it's entirely up to them. I don't I don't know how they determine if they're going to charge or not. But uh, you can find that information on the website. So you study, you find a testing session, you go take the test, and you pass. Okay. Then it'll take a couple of days, anywhere from three days to twenty one days, and you'll get a you'll get a, a license identification. You'll have your call sign. Okay. When I got licensed originally with my technician license, my original call was Kilo Kilo Four Bravo Romeo Mike. And I hated it. I'm sorry. It just it was a mouthful of letters to try to say KK four BRM. I hated it. So as I progressed in the studying for the general because I didn't take them both at the same time. I um I, I decided to get a vanity call. And a vanity call is where once you pass your license test, you can go in and apply for a different call according to your classification. And what I did, I just chose my three-letter initials, which is Caleb David Nelson, Charlie Delta November. So it's K4CDN. And I've thought about changing it if I ever upgraded to an extra to get a two-by-two call uh, like my buddy David, Alpha Kilo 4, Indigo Charlie. I don't know that I'll do that. Um, I'm kind of K4CDN. I mean, could you guys imagine me coming on the program and saying, hey, this is Kale Alpha Kilo 4, Charlie Charlie, or something. I mean, there's probably somebody's call. Just an example. Uh, so I'm, I'm K4 CDN and probably will be from now till, you know, whatever. So <laughs> that, that's an opportunity for you to change your call if you want to. But first, you have to get licensed, okay? So you study, you take your test, and then you get your, your technician license, your general, or your extra if you go all the way through at the first sitting. So that's entirely up to you, however you want to study. The main thing is, is that you study, number one. Maybe about 10 hours is all that you need to study. And then you take your test. You find your local testing session and you take the test. 
If you have any questions, of course, there are local clubs spread all over the United States. And just contact the club. I mean, they're sitting there waiting for someone new to come along to say, hey, I'm interested in amateur radio. Can you help me over here? And more than likely, you'll have more than one response saying, yes, we want to help you get licensed. We want to tell you when the test is. We want to tell you how to get here, where to park. They take care of you. It's a great hobby. Amateur radio has been very good to me, and that's why I enjoy telling folks about it and sharing the, the virtue of the hobby with everyone that I can. Here in the U.S., we love buying stuff. I mean, that's evident when we shipped all of our jobs out of the country just so we could build more shopping centers. <laughs> it is what it is, y'all. We love buying things. So the next question people always want to bring up is, so what do I need to buy? You know, should I buy one of these $30 walkie-talkies from Amazon or should I buy something different? And, you know... That, man, that is that is such a hard question to answer because everybody has a different budget. Everybody has a different end goal. And you know what? Your end goal may change as you get into the hobby. Like when I got into the hobby, I really wanted to be able to talk locally on two meters and do some Nivis work on 80 meters. But now I've found that I really enjoy 20 meters doing some DXing and some, some digital work over there. And I'm really wanting to get into uh, APRS and pack it back on two meters. And I'm in the process of putting up a 440 repeater. So, wow, you know, I've kind of progressed through this and found things that I liked and wanted to try and other things that I, I thought that I might want to, you know, get into that I, I've never really touched. So I can't sit here and say, all right, now that you've studied, now that you've found and taken your test and passed, and now that you have your call signed, go buy this. Uh, I will tell you this. I am not a really big fan of the cheap Chinese handy talkies that you buy on Amazon for $30 or less, or maybe a little bit more. I can say that because I have a lot of them and they're in a box right here above the shack with duct tape on them. And it says, Bayo suck. <laughs> it really says it. I've got it. Yeah. Uh, but, but I haven't, I just don't like them. They don't work good for me. They're not intuitive. They're aggravating. They're wonky sometimes. And there's about seven eighths of the audience right now screaming at their podcast player because they love them and they've had great service. And that's fine. We're different. And I'm not discouraging anyone from, from having this. If this is what they want, if this is all they can afford, but here's my thing. Buy the best thing that you can afford. If you've taken the time to study, if you've taken the time to go take the test and pass it and get your license, then you deserve the best that you can afford. And if it if it's the $35 radio, if that's where you have to start, I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm just wanting you to make the best the best of your investment, make the most of your investment when you can because, you know, I'm a stay-at-home dad, five kids, single income, I can't go out and buy the nicest, latest, greatest thing. It, it just don't happen for me. So I had to start with a low-end radio. Mine was 120 bucks. That was when the cheap one was $120 is what I started with. It served me very well, and, and I still use it from time to time. So, you know, buy the best you can afford. It may not be that uh, even a handy talkie would be the best that you can have because you may live way out far away from the uh, the repeater systems around you locally. And a, a walkie-talkie may do you no good. It may be that you uh, have a walkie-talkie and need to 
to invest in an, an alternate antenna, like an external antenna that you would mount on your chimney or the side of your house or in a tree or something. It might be your best money spent on a full power rig mounted in your car or in your ham shack or wherever you're going to put your ham shack now that you're a ham. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, we all have different opinions, and that's the marvelous thing about this country that we live in. We can do what we want to do with what we can afford to do it with. So if you have to start with a walkie-talkie that's 35 bucks, I ain't mad at you. If that's what works for you, then go ahead. If you can afford something nicer, go ahead and make the investment because you more than likely will be happier in the end with that. You may not. And and I, I'm not trying to make you mad. If you really like your $30 walkie-talkies from Amazon, I'm, I'm not judging you. Enjoy your radios. They're yours. I have mine up here in a box. I don't use them. Okay? So... I'm just sharing with you my opinion. It's my podcast. It's what I can do, right? So buy the best you can afford. It, you know, it, does, it doesn't hurt either to kind of get an idea of what your local ham radio community may have themselves that they're using and, and kind of kind of poll your local hams. Hey, what are you guys using? What are, what are you using over here? And if you get something that they're familiar with, they can help you get started on it a lot easier than you can with something that they've never heard of. So uh, just just a thought process there. You know, it might be the handy talkie. It might be the full power base station or a mobile station uh, that you want to get, get kicked off with there. All right, so you've passed your test, you've bought you some stuff, and now it's time to get on the air. And this, you know, it's weird for me because I'm a talker. I mean, I like meeting people, walking up to someone, shaking their hand, and talking to them. And sometimes it's hard for me to remember not everybody was made that way. So you may not be made that way. And that's okay, especially starting out, because you're going to need to know how to listen on the radio. It's not all about talking. A lot of it, really, most of it is about listening. To become an effective communicator, you need to be able to listen. So you get your gear set up, and you begin monitoring the local frequencies around you to determine how people around you talk on the radio. One thing you may notice right off is amateur radio operators really don't use 10-4 to acknowledge something in the affirmative. Matter of fact, I've heard people like cringe and make some weird sounds when they hear someone say 10-4 on the radio. Sometimes I'll say 10-4 on the radio just to aggravate a friend or two of mine, but by and large, we don't use 10 codes on amateur radio. It's just plain text. We just talk like we talk and we say what we want to say on the air. Within reason, of course. <laughs> that, but that, but you really need to make yourself available and get out there and talk to people. Uh, a lot of local areas have nets, what we call nets, and it's a network where we take check-ins and, and have conversations, usually in the evenings, sometimes in the mornings, depending on where you live. Uh, they happen all the time. So if you're looking to talk on the radio, you may just want to monitor uh, your local frequencies, and if you find a chance where they're taking check-ins, they're calling for check-ins for the net, just listen to what someone else does. You, you Normally, that someone would say, net control, please check in, Kilo, 4, Charlie, Delta, November. Name here's Kale, Charlie, Alpha, Lima, Echo, down in South Spartanburg County. Okay, that's how sometimes I usually check into a net, maybe. Maybe not. It depends on the net. You know, I mean, if it's an emergency net, well, you would check in differently or they may ask for different things. You know, do you want to talk? Do you want to have a spot at the table during our conversation or do you just want to listen to everybody else? They'll ask you those things. And if you'll listen to the net, remember, it's listening here. We're talking about 
If you'll listen, you'll learn what you need to say and when you need to say it. But don't be afraid to key the microphone, because here's the thing. Everybody on the radio was exactly where you were at at one time or another. Everybody had to start at the same spot. That's the cool thing about this hobby. Now, you know, you may be the guy that has an addition built onto his house with a major station that looks like, you know, Houston uh, control down there in Texas. Or you could be like me just having a radio shoved into a shelf in your laundry room. I mean, that's what my shack looks like in the house. I've got one or two radios there on a shelf in the laundry room, which is also the pantry, which is also the back door entrance of the house. And it's just what it is. But, you know, I mean, some are elaborate, some are not. Some are just people have them in their cars. Some people, the only thing they even own is a handy talkie. So, you know, it just depends. But the fact of the remains that we all started somewhere. We had to make the very first connection. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. I know a lot of hams who get licensed. And then when it, they get their license, they pass their test, they get their call sign, they've got their radio, everything works. They've listened to the nets for three weeks and they're scared to death to press the button to talk to somebody. And the crazy thing about it is, is that there are people out there right now waiting to talk to you. Just key the microphone and say, this is K4CDN monitoring. Of course, use your call instead of my call. Or, hey, this is K4CDN, brand new amateur radio operator. Can I get a radio check? Man, when I hear that, I am fighting for the microphone because I can't wait to talk to that new ham. Because the first thing I'm going to say is congratulations on getting your ticket. That happened to me. I'll never forget it. I had my had my license not very long at all. I made a contact or two, and then the very first net I ever checked into. I'll never forget this. I was uh, I was I was backing out of my in laws' driveway. Uh, and I stopped, of course, to make this contact, but they were calling for check-ins and I checked into the net and the, the net control operator whose call is K90H now, it wasn't, that wasn't Billy's call then, but that's what it is now. Anyway, the first thing out of his mouth was, Hey, congratulations on your brand new amateur radio call sign. Now I'm not sure how Billy knew that I was brand new other than I had a call sign that was pretty sequential that sounded new and maybe he had never heard me on the air. So he knew I was a new ham or something, but man, that felt great. I had finally, you know, slew the dragon there, slain the dragon, I guess is the right way to say it. But I finally beat it. I finally got my ticket and I finally made a contact in the net and it was really cool to be acknowledged. So don't be afraid to talk on the air. I mean, that's why you got the ticket, right? You, you, you wanted to talk. It's a communications hobby. You've listened now talk. So if you're new, if you're thinking about it, don't be fearful to key the microphone. We've all been there. And if you say something funny, well, it'll be funny. Okay, uh, ten four. Maybe just lay off the ten four thing, but past that, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. I promise. I also get asked a lot of questions about this podcast. You know, why did it start? Where did it start? Why are you podcasting about ham radio? Aren't you into other things? The answer is yes to everything. I I was I was a guy who was uh, a business manager for my wife's business, and we had some children. And I became more of a stay-at-home dad than I was a business manager. In the same time, I got invited to participate in a local FM radio station on the air. And through the time, through the couple of years there, I went from just being an on-air personality to a programmer. I was programming the station, choosing the music, making the connections with all the record labels and the artists. And it was probably the coolest job I've ever had that I, I really wish that I would have been making a living doing it because I probably would still be doing it. But what happened was I wasn't making a living doing it and I needed to concentrate more on my family. So I had to resign my post at the Christian FM radio station. 
and I'm living on a farm and I'm, I'm listening to these, I started listening to these podcasts and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool because it's on demand and it's about the topics I'm wanting to listen to. And I'm listening to the host and, and they're telling their stories and they're, they're just regular guys and gals. They're, they're not, you know, broadcast executives or, or veterans from AMFM radio stations. They're just people talking about something they, they're passionate about or something they're learning about. So I thought to myself, Hey dude, I could do that. I've been on the radio for 10 years. So I decided to start a podcast. Now, granted, I had a really stupid name to start with, and it was called Photime Podcast. It's an inside joke that it really doesn't matter anymore. But uh, when we started, it was it was for an internet uh, forum that I participated in, part- still participate in, and it was kind of an inside joke. And what happened is uh, three years later, we're still going, and it's not such an inside joke anymore. It's a really uh, popular progressive podcast. We appreciate all the support that we get. We've got sponsors. We've got folks who uh, are patrons who help us keep the show going. We've got some great co-hosts. We've got a spinoff show. I mean, it's just amazing what it's turned into, and it really wasn't supposed to. You can go back and listen to some of the early shows. You can hear us joking that, you know, if this goes five episodes, we'll just, we'll be blown away. And uh, it went more than five. It went more than 10. We celebrated episode 50 by rebranding the show. And that's what you have now, the Ham Radio 360 podcast. Also the hamradio360.com website. It, it's uh, it's uh, it's a place for you to go to get connected with other amateurs who are the the movers shakers the doers the builders the makers it's all there and we try to keep that up to date and and bring new people in as as we have more innovation that comes into our neck of the woods you know being the the ham radio 360 stuff here so that's that's really the how all this started it it wasn't a plan it was just kind of happened and it, it just kind of grew into what we never imagined it would grow into to the point that this audience that you're a part of put me in an airplane and sent me to Dayton, Ohio last year to participate in the Dayton Hamvention, actually, which wound up being the last Dayton Hamvention because we're moving it to Xenia, Ohio this year. I say we, you know, the, the hobby itself as a community, but it was awesome. I mean, you guys crowd, you guys, the audience crowdfunded me to go to Dayton. And it was the most amazing thing ever. I mean, I, I just walked off the airplane, walked into the venue and I thought to myself, what am I doing here? <laughs> are these people crazy they sent me to ohio and granted it was probably the one of the funnest things i've ever done it was just awesome it was a great experience and i finally got to meet my co-host yeah i'd never met my co-host before until i walked into the the venue there in dayton ohio now that's that's weird man you you meet people you've never met before but it's just like uh, you've known them your whole life and you meet people from all over the country who have come by to say hey to you because they really dig your show and wow it was just you'll just have to go back and listen to some of those episodes following the hamvention man it was insane yeah, it was wild and we'll have links of course to those shows in our show notes here but this show was not supposed to be what it become. And maybe that's why it's been so successful. Because we we don't really take ourselves too serious. We're just here having a good time. Uh, When I started the show, my premise was, I'm a new guy and I really don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm going to go interview people who do know what they're doing. And I'm going to learn a lot about the hobby in the process. And really, that's kind of what we're still doing. We've changed the premise a little bit. We don't talk about it being for the new guy anymore, because we have so many people who listen who aren't necessarily new guys, but enjoy the camaraderie here of the audience. So we are still learning. 
every time we do a show, we're still learning, which is why I'm doing this show right here to help you understand if you're brand new or you're thinking about coming in, some of the steps that you can take for this hobby. And it's so big. That's why we call it 360, because you can look around in every direction and there's always something new to learn. It's insane. So anyway, it's hamradio360.com. It's uh, a hobby within a hobby, and it's one that I really, really enjoy doing, and I really appreciate all of you listening. I mean, there's really no need for me to sit up here in the barn, and I, my, my shack's in a barn. You may not know that. Yeah, I have a barn at my house, and it used to be a horse barn, and now it's like a workshop slash ham shack slash recording studio. So uh, it's hot in here right now, even though it's kind of getting into the fall, but the air conditioner is too loud. I'm not going to run it during the show. So I, I enjoy doing it, even though it's hot. But I live in South Carolina. What do I expect, right? Anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's a great show. We have a, we just have great guests. We have a lot of information here. We're in the middle of getting ready to start a build project on the Workbench show for an antenna analyzer. There's always something going on, and there's a place for you here. So make sure that you check out all of our social networking. We have a lot of fun there. Twitter's real big. Facebook is real big. Google Plus just didn't work for some reason. We're still there, but not really. Uh, we like emails. We like comments on the show. We love your reviews on iTunes. So if you like the show, of course, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, yes, please let us know. Uh, this show is not just Kale, George, and Jeremy. The show is yours, and we want you to be a part of it as often as you can. So there's kind of a very quick synopsis of what we are, who we are, and why we are. You know, the funny part about life is that you really never know what's going to happen and how it's going to happen to the point that back in the day, when I was just having this idea and having a conversation with two or three different people about potentially creating a amateur radio podcast for the new guy, for our friends on this particular internet forum, uh, I, I got a call. And, and one of the guys, a friend of ours, Gerald, said, man, you need to talk to this guy named Jeremy. Jeremy is really smart. And he's all in the solar and, and you guys will hit it off and you should have him on your show to uh, to help talk about solar and whatnot for the podcast. And I'm like, well, hey, I don't have necessarily any content, so I'm really hungry for guests. That would probably be a good idea. Well, Jeremy and I wound up on the telephone one day, and a couple of hours later, we, we hung up. And during that time, we kind of made very fast friends and decided that we would bring Jeremy on the show. Matter of fact, it was episode number two. And we would talk about Field Day, which is the which is the nation's big outdoor event for amateur radio. It happens every year. It's huge. Uh, a lot of clubs are involved. It's just a lot of fun. And Jeremy kind of kind of was getting his uh, feet in the water of solar power and learning how to utilize it to its to its biggest capacity. And in episode number two, we talk a lot about that. And here's a little taste of that. You know, there's really two things I get out of field day, and number one is the most important, and honestly, it's an opportunity for camaraderie with other like-minded hams. Um, I really like uh, getting together with the, the guys I'm fortunate enough to have local here from ARFCOM. Um, I have really a bunch of smart guys, problem solvers, and guys who like to tinker with stuff, and I really like the ingenuity that comes out. I like the jokes. Uh, I like the food and the, the, the fellowship that we have. Um, and that's honestly, that's my favorite part about it, is getting together, um, you know, with like-minded folks and getting to practice a, a craft that we all really enjoy. The other part about Field Day, though, for me is every year, um, and you can see this through my videos, I've been doing all solar field days now for uh, the last two years, and every year my setup changes, and I really like applying what I learned from the previous field day to the next field day so that 
my setup continues to improve. And I'm thinking at this point from a power perspective, I'm finally gonna have a good reference design um, for a power module. And I'm really loving the, the solar panels that I've got going from PowerFilm. But I think uh, this year I might have a setup that I'm good at and it's gonna be time to try to design a new system or double the requirements. Maybe I need a setup that can run two stations for an entire 24 hours. And that's a voice that we didn't realize would become a very popular voice here on the Ham Radio 360 podcast. That's Jeremy. He's my buddy. It's KF7IJZ. If you're into YouTube videos, Jeremy has a lot of great stuff online. And you can find it at YouTube forward slash KF7IJZ. And little did we know that following Jeremy's introduction back on episode number two, that by episode 10, we would have our next co-host visit with us here for the very first time, George Zarephopoulos. And I probably just mispronounced it, George, and I've said it right three or four times in our history. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It just doesn't come out right for me most times. Just call us KJ6 Victor United. I got an email early on in the program, which was really exciting because we love, as, as content providers, we love hearing from our audience and knowing that someone even in California was listening to the program was really, really encouraging. I got an email from a guy named George and uh, he said, Hey, I've been a ham for forever and I would like to talk to you about potentially coming on your show and, and discussing some things. And here's a list of some topics that I've put together. <laughs> and it was, it was one of the most awesome lists I'd ever seen. I was like, wow, I have my next year's worth of show content right here. And George just came on and just became a fast friend, just like Jeremy. Little did we know that he would become so involved, and, and that's what's cool about how this show has evolved, uh, of how you know folks have come in and just impacted the show and, and become a part of the community here on the actual program. So George came in the very first time, episode 10, linked in the show notes today, episode 10 of the Photon Podcast, and he was telling us all about repeaters. Okay, so we talked about just regular repeater operation and how it worked locally and, and how you could link them together and make them talk to other repeaters. But I said, George, beyond that, I'm a new guy. I want to know what else a repeater can do. And this is exactly what George shared with me. Well, there's a lot of things that have evolved over the last uh, dozen years that are really exciting. If you look at r repeaters 30 years ago, uh, the t typical FM repeater then is, is still with us now. So it's a great mode, the basic FM repeater, but there's so many more things you can do. So, uh, for example, one of the big, uh, big areas of growth is to leverage the Internet. If you're lucky enough to have Internet access at your repeater site, then you could connect repeaters together using using the internet. And there's some very popular systems out there. Uh, there's one system called IRLP, which stands for the Internet Radio Linking Project. It was developed by a fellow up in Canada, Dave Cameron, and he did just a he and the team did a fabulous job of building a really great internet connected backbone that allows you to connect your repeater to about 1,600 other repeaters uh, around the world. Um, so all you need is an internet connection and a computer at your radio site, and now you can talk to the world. So that's awesome. There's another uh, uh, vo voice over IP-based system called Echolink that a lot of people have heard of, and Echolink uh, does the same thing, 
but you can also directly connect from your laptop or your mobile phone. Uh, we have users here who you'll hear checking into the repeater. They're talking on their iPhone into the repeater system through Echolink. So, so the, there's there's a lot that can be done with repeaters, and we're actually Kel's actually in the process of putting a repeater into service here in the Upstate of South Carolina that George helped me build very graciously with his Sierra Radio Systems products, which we are really considering adding some sort of internet connectivity to to allow you, the listener of the podcast, to become part of the local amateur radio community here in South Carolina in the Upstate around my farm. And uh, maybe even do some uh, check-ins, you know, have a net or whatever. Because we have a huge audience, and people, um, they, they've built camaraderie within the audience through our online and social networking. Uh, how much more fun would that be, you know, just chatting with somebody on the air? And we've done it just as George mentioned. Uh, George has so graciously given us the opportunity to use uh, his group out there, the Baynet Group in San Francisco. Uh, we have access to their Echolink uh what is a conference bridge? I believe it's the correct term or conference channel, maybe. Anyway, we can use that, and we have. And, you know, there's been seven or eight or ten of us at a time on there just chatting it up. And here I am on my Android phone, and you've got uh, Tim out in California dialed in through the IRLP, and you've got Andrew up in Alaska chatting. It's just really cool technology, and we learn a lot about it here on the program. We've covered topics from top to bottom, and there's so much more for us to talk about. I really wish that I could just kind of go through and, well, maybe I even, I may give you just a rundown of some of the shows. I mean, we started it at the very beginning. We talked about the hurricane, uh, I'm sorry, the, the tornado outbreak in Joplin, Missouri with Cecil. And it was a great show, man, learning about how amateur radios came into the uh, the community following the devastation of one of the worst tornado outbreaks in the history of the U.S. and really responding to the emergency there and becoming part of the recovery. It was an amazing story. That's just episode number one. We've talked about backpack radios. We've talked about uh, going on top of mountains and activating what they call summits on the air. We've talked about the repeaters with George. We oh man, we've talked about the code of conduct and who has we 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 could probably stand to recover that one again that was episode number 13 uh we've talked to a kb6nu i talked about him earlier with these no-nonsense study guides and learning morse code it's a great show number 19 um how about episode 17 where we talked about building an mcom box building a box around having an emergency and having uh, the radio gear on hand packed and ready to go if you were called upon we've talked about um Hurricane Katrina, maybe one of the strongest shows that we've recorded. It was episode 24 with Carl, KB5WMY, where he talked to us about how he was in a 911 call center up in uh, a long way, 280 miles away from the coast when Katrina came through, and their local 911 center was receiving calls of people who were trapped in their attics or trapped on the roof or trapped in, there were some doctors and nurses trapped in a prison and they couldn't get out and it was just, they, they, they were able to save them in amateur radio contributed to those people's lives being saved. It's a very powerful show. That's episode number 24. Uh, don't forget 27 was about the Nepali earthquake where uh, Dave and Suresh, I'm sorry, David, David, you got, I said it wrong. I'm sorry. He's a buddy. So I can, I need to say that to him. Uh, David and Suresh came in and talked to us about 
having amateur radios installed and ready to go before the Nepali earthquake and after and how they used amateur radio during the recovery and how they're using amateur radio now to prepare for the next emergency in Nepal's great show. That's number 27. We've talked about portable solar power again with Jeremy on episode 30. We've learned about coax cable on number 29. We've talked about um, scouting and whatnot. Uh, Boy Scouts and amateur radio episode 31. We talked about how to uh, learn how to make contacts uh, with DX, which is distant stations, how to how to get those contacts sorted through your logging programs, and those those shows are in the 30s. We've talked about how to buy your next radio. After you've already bought your $30 one from Amazon, what do you buy next? That was a great show with Ed. That was number 37. Right before that, number 36 was all about D-Star, which is another internet-based connectivity radio programming kind of thing, radio mode that's a lot of fun, and I I'm just now getting ready to get started and that kind of excited. Uh, we, we learned from my buddy Justin, KI4WFJ, about how he taught himself Morse code and some of the keys and the tricks that he's learned as he continues to build that out. Uh, we talked to Sarah Tibbetts, KD2GTM, uh, being a female amateur radio operator, and she was doing a video blog about her experiences coming into the hobby and buying her first rigs and going to have this is some great stuff. You don't want to miss that one. Uh, Let's see, we, we talked to uh, KB, KB1HQS, and that's Stuart. He's the number one activator of the national parks on the air to this day. He is just banging it out if you're in a chase in national parks. What I'm trying to get, the point I'm trying to get across here is we've talked about a lot, and there's still a lot left to talk about. And if you haven't gone back and listened to some of our older shows, or maybe you might have forgotten, go back, check it out. You can go to the hamradio360.com website. And click on the, the across the top there. Uh, it says podcast player. And all of our shows are listed there in the order that they were released. And of course, you've got the titles of the programs. You can just click on them and, and go right through them. I mean, we talked about uh, the Maker Fair. That was a lot of fun. The ARRL. And I, we've just we've just really covered a lot of stuff. And some of you that are new that have been around for a few weeks might not have gotten back that far. So I just want to let you know that it's there. It's available if you'll just go back and check out the back end of the workbench. Uh, well, the, the, the workbench. The workbench is our newest show that we've added to this RSS feed. And uh, they're up to episode number eight, getting ready to release episode number nine. And it's all about very technical discussions and learning about how to build stuff, what to use when building stuff, and how to repair stuff. It's all there in the Workbench show. So there's so much stuff out there to learn just here on this show. And the, and the great thing about it, let me just, before I get out of here, i got to tell you this. We aren't the only amateur radio podcast, not by far. There's a lot of them out there, Some a lot of great ones as well. And we have links to every one that we're aware of on our website. If you go to the top of the page right near the podcast player I just directed you to, just over to the left, you'll find a tab that says links. Click on that, and it's got all the ones that we're aware of listed for you to click on, whether they're podcast or audio podcast or video podcast. We, we do our best to keep you up to date with what else is out there because – we're not the only game in town, and we're not trying to pretend that we are. So if you're looking for some great education, some great entertainment, click the links tab and connect with some of our friends who are making some excellent amateur radio podcasting stuff. You know, I just before I go, I want to say thank you very much for your time. 
Again, I want to remind you that this show would not be possible without two things. You, the listener, and your support, and we appreciate it, and our dear friends at Maine Trading Company down in Paris, Texas. Now, we have a Patreon page, and we have folks that help us keep the show going. They donate per episode. You're welcome to do that. And our friends down at Paris, Texas... They help us keep the bills paid by supporting the program. And I, and I, I would be remiss to tell you that uh, you need to check out their website, mtcradio.com. They are our show sponsor. They've been the show sponsor before there was ever an episode recorded. And they're one of the best places in the country to find Kenwood Amateur Radio gear. So if you're looking for some Kenwood radios, some accessories, the brand new tri-band, handy talkie, APRS, D-Star enabled, D-74 Alpha, Check them out. It's mtcradio.com. They have everything that you need from Kenwood, and you can find them online at mtcradio.com. Let Richard know you heard about him here on the program. He's been a great show sponsor, a great guy, and we're getting ready to make an announcement with Richard about some stuff that we may or may not be giving away. Uh, so let me go ahead and encourage you, if you if you listen this far and you've enjoyed the program, sign up for our uh, email listing and that's on the website hamradio360.com right down near the bottom where it says stay in the know and you just put your email address there and click the subscribe button you'll be notified every time we release a new program a blog posting or whatnot and you'll also possibly be in well you will be entered into then up an upcoming con let me say it that way we have an upcoming contest that will be happening through our email listing so if you want to kind of get ahead of the game, go ahead and sign up there. It's all at hamradio360.com. We'll be teasing that over the next couple of weeks, but we do have some things happening. Again, thank you so much for listening. It's always my pleasure to be here with you and to produce these programs. We have a lot of fun. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, kind of catching up on the backstory of the show. Maybe you're, again, brand new. You're just thinking about getting in the hobby. I hope some of this has been helpful. If I missed something, if I missaid something and you want to correct me, please feel free to do that. If you have further questions, we'll take your comments. We'd love to catch up with you on Facebook or Twitter. All the contact information is on the, on the website, and that's hamradio360.com. We'll do our best to connect you with the right people to give you the correct answers for the questions that you may have because we want to see you involved and successful and happy in this great hobby called Ham Radio. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back in a week or so. Until then, the workbench will be in between me and the next time I'm here. But thank you so much for listening. God bless you in 73, y'all. Thank you for listening to Ham Radio 360, brought to you by mtcradio.com. For more information about the program, visit hamradio360.com. Till next time, 73s, y'all.